Hello and welcome to Cubicles in Christ. Kelly Johnson, certified leadership coach and founder of Be Well My Soul, is on a mission to encourage and inspire you to be spiritually authentic and thrive in life. Let's join the conversation with Kelly now. Love is in the air. Today, I am talking to the fabulous and lovely Crystal King. She is one half of the Love Kings. And Crystal, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you for the invitation. I am so excited to have an opportunity to connect with you. Awesome. So let me just tell a little bit about Crystal. And um, Crystal, feel free to share a little bit more about yourself also. But one of the things that I just totally loved was your LinkedIn profile, your headline because it's so authentic, you say on LinkedIn, and so everyone be sure to reach out to Crystal on LinkedIn, but her role, her headline on LinkedIn is by night, she's your favorite blogger, and by day, she is the national director of multicultural markets for a major nonprofit, national nonprofit. So I just love how you are being upfront and authentic, even on LinkedIn. Thank you. And, you know, being authentic is so important to me in every aspect of my life. I, I try my best to ooze authenticity, even to the point of having a t-shirt that says authentic. So, <laughs> so it's definitely who I am. I love it. I love it. And as you know, Cubicles in Christ is about pursuing a total life of spiritual authenticity at work, at home, when we're playing, when we're out with friends. And so one of the things I'm really excited about our talk today is your passion for love and your passion for relationships. Let's first tackle the daytime part of your life. So I know you're the director of multicultural marketing for a major national nonprofit. Inherently, because you're in the nonprofit space, you're already doing good works through your normal day job. Can you share where you are in your journey to be spiritually authentic in the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so funny, Kelly. For many years, I've, you know, worked in the the marketing space, and it doesn't always lend itself to doing the most good, you know. And so I found that when I am able to leverage my talents against, against a real purpose, I am at my happiest. Mm. And so I began my career with Philip Morris USA. And so I always laugh and tell people jokingly, uh, I went from cancer causing to cancer curing. Because, <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's not to bash the company, but it is the reality of, you know, what Philip Morris is all about. And so, uh, you know, by the grace of God, I had an opportunity to hear someone speaking at my church one day that was from Susan G. Coleman for the Cure. And that's how my journey began. And so it allowed me to leverage my passion and my skill set for marketing against a cause that I was really, you know, really, really attached to because I had been diagnosed with breast cancer at 25 and my mom had been diagnosed just three years before me. And so when, when you think about that, it's the opportunity of a lifetime to go and work in that space. So it's the perfect intersection of the things that I love the most. And so, uh, you know, and so ever since I had that experience, I was determined that no matter what I was doing in my career, it needed to, in some way, improve the life 
lives of others or give me the opportunity to at least be truly authentic about that outside of work if I wasn't getting it inside of work. And so today in my role with American Heart Association, I'm still able to do that. People have always known the Heart Association for the work that they do in terms of, oh, eat right and exercise. But I've had the opportunity to come in and work on our social determinants of health platform, which really focuses on not just telling people to eat right, not just telling people to exercise, but doing it the way that we would have seen Christ to do it, which is helping people realize and discover the resources to do that. Mm. Because if you live in a community that's a food desert, meaning you live one mile or more or two transit stops or more from fresh fruits and vegetables, Kelly, it is not that easy to just go eat healthy and people shouldn't minimize that, you know, or if you live in a neighborhood uh, that, you know, crime is an issue or does not have safe walking paths or, you know, it, it, there could be a number of things, but it is not that simple. And so this job, thankfully gives me the opportunity not to just prescribe things to people, but to say, how can I actually help you in that journey to honor and protect the temple that God gave you by ensuring that you have access to the resources to be able to actually do those things. So it's, wow. it's the perfect blend. It is. Wow. The word that comes to mind for me, hearing what you're saying about your role in American Heart Association is discipleship. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really funny is I've added a few titles <laughs> to my name in the process because, you know, I want it to transform the way people think about health. And for many people who are living in the situations, they they do think about it that way because a lot of underserved communities, that's where you will find your most brilliant people, right? So the communities have the solutions. They know what the solutions are. They just do not have the resources and the means to be able to actualize those solutions. Mm. And so I wanted to tell those stories. And so the Heart Association allowed me to really create my own mini docu-series, which made it into several film festivals uh, last year, which was exciting. And yeah. so I created a mini docu-series Series, uh, in conjunction with my team uh, called Take Me Home. And so Take Me Home really focuses on that. It's, you know, take us back. We work with influencers to take us back into their native communities and neighborhoods to really look at how, uh, you know, what the barriers were to help. We've done Southwest Atlanta. We've done Chicago. We've done New Orleans. You know, there's so many more cities that are on the horizon for us. But those influencers look at it totally different now going back to see what they didn't see when they were growing up. You know, you just thought this is the way it is. Mm. But in going back, you realize there's so many people with high blood pressure, diabetes, you know, uh, dying of strokes and heart attacks. And it's not because they don't want to be healthy, but when you get off work at night and, you know, you're looking for something to eat, if food is not, if healthy food options are not on your pathway, it's not an option for you. Right. And so, yeah. And so it's, it's been really great just having the opportunity again through, you know, to your point, discipleship and being able to just tell that story and help people along for those solutions. Wow. And congratulations on your success with the docu-series. Thank you. You're welcome. Where can people find that or view that? Ah, thank you. That's a great question. And so the easiest way to find it, you can go to Empowered to Serve. That's Empowered with an ED on the end. T-O-S-E-R-V-E. You can go to our YouTube channel and you'll be able to see all of 
the videos on the YouTube channel. So Empowered to Serve is the multicultural platform for the American Heart Association. And so, or you can just, you can Google, take me home and you'll be able to find the, the, the videos that way. But I would recommend going to the YouTube channel is the easiest way. And empoweredtoserve.org is our website. And so you'll find the videos there as well. Okay, great. Well, I'll be sure to include in the show notes a link to some of those resources, Crystal, so people can also just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes for this episode of Cubicles in Christ, and they can also access it that way as well. Great. Thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to talk about, so how did you, one of the things that I really want to accomplish through Cubicles in Christ is the practical, the how-to. Personally, I have experienced that it's a journey and a process to be authentic in the workplace as well as spiritually authentic, right? (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother level of authenticity, in my opinion. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about like, how did you make that connection? Like, how did you figure out, I want to be able to leverage my talents against a purpose? When did that happen? How did it happen? I realized early on, I touched a little bit on um, sort of my diagnosis. Uh, And I'll tell you, I'll go back to that because I'll tell you that's what made it a requirement Mm -hmm. for me. Any job that I take, you know, I was on my lunch break when I found out that I was starting an entirely new journey in my life. Um, This was during the time that I was working for Philip Morris, as a matter of fact. And I had a doctor's appointment with uh, Chandra Brown, who's my dear friend that I love to death till this day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I met her through this doctor's appointment. Someone had recommended her as my physician. And so I went because I was having this horrible heartburn, which of course, Kelly had nothing to do with cancer, but it was God's way of getting me to the doctor because he's like, look, this little lady is not going to slow down. (laughs) (laughs) She is not going to slow down and go to the doctor. So, Hey, I'm going to find a way to get you there. So I had this horrible recurring heartburn that I just could not avoid, couldn't get away from. So I scheduled the appointment um, with Dr. Brown, had her card in my purse. I was like, okay, let me go check this chick out. Let's see. So go to the doctor and, you know, I'm like, you know, the nurse comes in, she goes to this whole spill and she gives me this little gown to put on. And I'm like, Hey, I don't have time. I'm on my lunch break. I'm just here for heartburn. And she was like, Oh no, you know, so the doctor will not see you unless you're doing your entire physical since this is your first visit. Yeah. Uh, so if this time doesn't work for you, you're going to have to, you know, reschedule. I'm like, crap, I'm here. Let me just go ahead and do it. So as she's going through the exam, uh, she says, hey, I, I think I'm feeling something. Mm. So I'm looking at her and I'm like, hmm, what are we feeling? And so, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what is going on? So she's looking back at my health information and she said, so your mom had breast cancer. And I say, yes. Yeah. So she, she's just keeping me calm. She's continuing to do the clinical breast exam and continuing to talk. And I'm like, okay. And so then, you know, essentially just to fast forward, what ends up happening is she says, I'm going to need you to stay over. I'm going to send you to have a a sonogram and a, um, and a mammogram. So I immediately call my mom and she's like, I'll be on a flight the next day. Long story short, within a period of two weeks, I was laying on a table on my third surgery because I had a couple of, uh, 
I had a couple of uh, surgical biopsies first to test the tissue. Mm. And within two weeks, I was laying on a table having a mastectomy. And so, yeah. And like I said, that was at age 25. And so with that being the case, Kelly, I knew then, you know, when you sit down in front of a doctor, which Terry McLaughlin uh, was the surgeon that, uh, that, that did my mastectomy and she's amazing as well and a dear friend to this day. And so, you know, she sat down with me with tears in her eyes to tell me, you know, the, the outcomes and that I do have cancer. And so when, when you hear that at age 25, it, it resets, you know, it, it presses the reset button for your entire life. And so no matter what aspect of your life you're thinking about, you know that walking in Christ's divine purpose for your life has to be a part of that. So when you ask, when did I discover that? I discovered that on October 23rd, 2003. And so I always consider that my new birthday, (laughs) quite honestly. Mm. And so that's when it became um, a prerequisite for any job, any position, anything that I do. Wow. Thank you for sharing that and just being so open. Um, I love what you said about pressing the reset button. And one of the things that's been on my heart is we, especially as women, we often want to rush through the difficult storms. Absolutely. When we're in the valley, and that's human nature, right? Mm -hmm. No one wants to be uncomfortable. No one wants to be in pain. No one wants to have a difficult situation, especially when it's a a long-term difficulty or challenge. But one of the things that I am learning, have learned to a degree, is that we have to embrace our valley season. Oh, absolutely. Because there is a lesson there. And if we try to rush through it, we may have to go back around that mountain again. And I love for you that it was that reset button, right? A cancer diagnosis at 25, that's extremely young. I just applaud you and just want to celebrate you. I, I just totally appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm like so many other women in that I came from a single parent home. There's a caveat around that single parent home because I have an absolutely loving father uh, as well. But I was raised in a home with a mom who worked all day, every day. She's an amazing lady and where I get a lot of my strength from because she has always continued to amaze me. And so um, with that, I always worked um, coming out of a single parent household. So from the age of 15, Kelly, I was working, doing internships at restaurants. I didn't know what it was not to work. <laughs> and so, so at age 25, I'd already been working 10 years of my life. Wow. <clears throat> right. And so for those of us who don't come from privileged backgrounds, I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that. And so hitting that reset button at 25 was critically important to me because I had a long journey ahead of me, God willing, right? Mm -hmm. Had a long journey ahead of me. And so, yeah, so even at 25, I was sitting down for the first time in my life. It was God saying, okay, you can't work as I had. I was treated with very aggressive chemo, very aggressive, you know, therapies simply because I was so young. Mm -hmm. And so the chance of recurrence for me was high. And so with that, um, I had a lot of complications. So I I wasn't able, especially um, with the, the hustle and bustle of my job, I wasn't able to continue to work through chemotherapy like people are sometimes able to do. Mm. And so that was God's cooling off period for me. 
after 10 years of working, getting this diagnosis at 25, he's like, you're going to sit down for a little while. And (laughs) the crazy part is I was in the process of planning my wedding because my now husband had just proposed to me months before I was diagnosed. Mm. And so he was amazing. He's a a godsend in going on this journey with me. And, um, you know, nine months later, nine to 10 months later into this journey, you know, we're, we're preparing for the wedding and I'm finishing up the last of my reconstructive surgery. And so it was, I just can't even put it into words. So God knew I needed to just pause and be still and do nothing. Yes. Wow. That is so powerful. And you're right. Sometimes he will get us to a place where we have no choice. Mm but to be still and just, wow. Okay. So you've mentioned Mr. Lyman, the King, Lyman yes, King. Yes, King. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is a good time to maybe switch to your night shift. Um, Absolutely. And we're saying within that love theme, and this show will air during the month of February, Valentine's Day is around the corner. And, or maybe um, those of you who have maybe just celebrated Valentine's Day, perhaps, so I think this is the perfect opportunity to talk about your your night shift job, which is the Love Kings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it brings me so much joy. I, I, I tell you, launching the Love Kings, really, I had this vision, Kelly. I was determined. I was going to write this book about young women and helping them navigate the professional world. I was determined. Keyword, I Mm -hmm. was determined that that's what I was going to do. And I was missing all the cues and signals that God had sent me for so long because, you know, it's just like being stuck out on that, you know, boat in the ocean. And, you know, the person keeps looking up to God saying, well, when are you going to send me a sign? And he's like, well, I sent several people by and you just weren't, right? (laughs) So... (laughs) So that's exactly what happened. He sent several people by and I just wasn't listening originally uh, because several people had said to Lyman and I, listen, you know, there's something unique about your relationship and special and people would always say you guys inspire us. And so, you know, I was like, okay, we have to do something with that. I'm not supposed to be writing this book about young women. I can impact young women in a different way. And it's through helping them understand, you know, what it is to have a strong relationship. And so we're passionate about couples. We're, we're passionate about strengthening families and a strong marriage is a great way to do that. And we're not forcing marriage on anybody, right? We're not saying to single women, you have to have a man or to single man, you have to have a woman. We're talking specifically to those people that are seeking relationships and specifically to those people, mainly those people who are already uh, in relationships. That's important to us. Wow. So the Love Kings is a blog, I believe. So yes. Tell us a little bit about what the Love Kings is. What do you want to accomplish and all of that good stuff? Yeah. So we kicked this thing off in December. So it's we're just hitting the two month anniversary mark. And we're really excited because the feedback has been that you guys are really helping to improve relationships. So there are a few different aspects to the Love King. So number one, you're correct, uh, the blog. Uh, and so on the blog, we, we wanted to do something a little bit different. We didn't want it to be all about advice. There's advice surely sprinkled in there, of course, because there's no way you can talk relationships and not do some of that. But the key to our platform is about helping people to discover their own lessons through the stories that we cover 
on the blog. So that's what it's really about for us. That that's the direction we decided to go. We decided to make it, you know, all about stories. And this was important for me because I wanted to tell stories in a different way because, you know, I grew up in sort of a bubble and it made me judgmental. I didn't understand how people could make mistakes. I didn't understand how people could cheat. I didn't understand so much. Mm -hmm. And so I was reducing people to the worst thing they had ever done. And people are so much more than that. And so I needed to understand. So this whole thing was a journey for me to understand people. So one part of it is the blog. And so then the other part of it is we uh, have a Facebook live show that we do every Tuesday night at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. And it's called Petty or Problem. Uh, all too often, <laughs> all too often in relationships, uh, people really do make the petty things too big. And so that doesn't leave room to really be open and honest to address something when it really is a problem. We've used all of our energy. We're spent just by thinking about the petty stuff. We allow people to write in. So people write in all during the week and we hash their problems out on the show, on the Facebook live show, but we hash them out anonymously, right? And so we call it, it's petty court. People write in with their issues <laughs> and we have fun with it, right? There's too much of life that's way too serious. Yeah. And so we help people hash out their, we help couples hash out their problems in a fun, loving way. And that so, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It really is. That is great. And so that's every Tuesday at 7 Central, 8 Eastern Facebook Live, right? Facebook Live. And yeah. And so uh, people can follow me, uh, Crystal King on Facebook, or they can follow my husband, Lyman King on Facebook. And I'll be sure that you have all that information as well. And we do have a page on Facebook, uh, Your Love Kings. And so that's on Facebook. And I'll also give you the Instagram information towards the end as well. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, I was reminded about, I was looking at scriptures about love and love is mentioned hundreds of times in both the old and the new Testament, you know, so clearly God wants us to figure this love thing out, but we're human and, mm, <laughs> you know, and indeed, it's, it's hard. You know, my husband and I will celebrate our 20th anniversary later this year but I think about like Matthew five talks about how if you only love those people who love you, what reward is there in that? Mm, that's powerful. Isn't that powerful? That's I'm like, powerful. If you if we only love when it's easy, are we really being Christ like? We're not. And you know what's really funny about you saying that is I'm, I oftentimes find myself telling people that because if we're really honest, Kelly, about marriage and about life, you don't always like your mate, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to always like your husband or your wife. It just mm -hmm. does not work that way. I have found that loving through the difficult times is even more beautiful than loving during the times that it's easy. Mm. And so there really is no reward in just, you know, the, the simplistic parts of, of life. It's those challenges that really take you to the next level. So I love that scripture you gave. That's, that's absolutely powerful. Mm, thank you. So any thoughts as you engage with other couples or even your own marriage, what's been a lesson learned about how to love through the difficult times? So what I'll say is 
and it ties to that, but it can also kind of stand on its own. Mm -hmm. And so my answer to that is I've always told people that the number one, people think that the key to a successful relationship and loving during the difficult times is just to continue to love and trust and all of those things in fantasy land sound wonderful. <laughs> but, but the real key, the number one key to a successful marriage is vulnerability. Mm. because vulnerability allows you to stay connected because it requires you to stay there. When the fire is at its absolute hottest temperature, if you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you will stay there and you will fight through that. Hmm. But if you tuck your tail and run because you feel that you have to protect your heart or you have to protect something else, you'll never get to what it means to truly feel that deepest connection. Now, I'm not advocating for people to stay in situations that are not healthy for them. Right. That is not at all what I am saying. Right. But I am saying that you will know the difference between mm -hmm. something that's just extremely difficult. And if you're in tune with God, you can see through that to see onto the other side of that versus, you know, situations that are just toxic and are never going to get better. Absolutely. But I tell people, allow yourself to be vulnerable, allow yourself to feel what you feel when you need to feel it and to allow your partner uh, the opportunity to do the same because absent vulnerability, you will never get to trust. Absent mm. vulnerability and trust, you'll never really have authentic love. And so that would be my advice to anybody. Wow. Ooh, okay. There's a whole lot in that, right? <laughs> <laughs> because, okay, if we think about vulnerability, we have to also ask ourselves, what's preventing me from being vulnerable, mm. right? Yes, so, absolutely. And sometimes if we're really, really, really honest with ourselves, the reason why we might struggle to be vulnerable in our current relationship, our current marriage is because of things in the past that may yes. not even have anything to do with your right. spouse. <laughs> right. Right. That is so true. That is so true. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things for people, one of the hardest things for people to do is to let go of the past and allow themselves to be vulnerable in the present. But you know what, Kelly, it's not always just what has happened in the past with other people. It's mm -hmm. what's happened in the past in that exact relationship. Yeah, you're right. And so, you know, and so it is the ability to get the, ne the necessity in giving your spouse the ability to be redeemed the same way that Christ allows us mm. to be washed clean and be redeemed, right? Mm. We have to give that same grace to our mate. And so one of the things, when it switch gears just a little bit here, but, you know, I noticed one of the things that, that you asked about is, you know, a good book. And so this book is not about love, but it is about love. Hmm. And so it's one of my favorite books and it's called Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Okay. And so I would recommend that anybody and everybody read that book. It, it's really more so about the inequities in the criminal justice system, but there's a more powerful lesson in this book. And when I tell you I, as big as this book is, I read it in 24 hours. I kid you not, it is that good. It's addictive. Wow. And so, yeah, it's really good. The, the premise behind the book is uh, Brian Stevenson leaves us with this thought towards the end of the book. He says, mercy is in its most powerful form when it is given to those who deserve it the least. Mm. 
That singular statement changed my entire life. And so if you think about the application of that principle to your marriage, oh my God, Mm -hmm. there are so many times that our spouses don't deserve our mercy. They don't deserve our grace, but it's in its most powerful form when we give it to them, even though they don't deserve it. Yeah. And I would say, just to add to that, a key learning for me was, well, my spouse, my husband may not quote unquote deserve mercy, but neither do I. That's right. That's you know, right. I don't, That's the principle. you know, I don't deserve the mercy that I get from the Lord every single right. day. And scripture tells us that he actually gives us a new dose of mercy every single morning. Every morning, just by waking us up. That's a dose of mercy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's exactly it. You know, I do want to also apply it to the workplace because I've, I've dealt with situations and I'm sure you have to where people are sabotaging us or people are not treating us fairly. They're not treating us well. They're excluding us from information. They're excluding Mm. us from meetings Mm -hmm. and I know I have personally had to walk through situations where I didn't want to be merciful to a coworker. I didn't want to demonstrate love or vulnerability to someone that I work with. And a turning point for me was I had to understand that if I hold on to the anger, if I hold on to the frustration, that I'm really letting that other person win. And I'm also not really allowing the Lord to fully operate in my life. Any thoughts or reflections on that? Oh my gosh, you couldn't have asked a better question. So (laughs) so I will tell you, I have dealt with that and continue to deal with that, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's always going to be an ever-present part of any career path um, and any job situation. And so I have learned that I really have to tune in to realizing that that person is a human being and I'm looking at a human being. And being humane myself and not allowing anyone to take me outside of who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't allow people to turn me into who they are. And so, right. And so that helps me remain in control. And it's really funny because, you know, I guess you're like, Crystal, you have a million books, (laughs) but uh, but what's really funny is, so my mentor, so she posted a question just yesterday on Facebook and the question asked, what is your greatest leadership challenge? Mm -hmm. And that is one of my greatest leadership challenges is really containing myself, right? Like really being in control of my, uh, my, my, my thoughts, my words, and my actions when I know the unjust is being done to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so it's really funny that you asked that question. And so the, the thing that I will tell people is just to realize that's a human being that you're looking at that's mired in their own um, issues that they brought to work with them, unfortunately, or that they, you know, that they're dealing with at home or in their own personal relationships or, you know, Maybe it is something within you that they admire that they don't know how to call out. And so this is the way that they act out. Uh, and so I just remember it's a human being. That's, yeah. that's my reflection and my thought on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's good. Well, we are almost out of time, but I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you. And you shared a little bit of information earlier, but tell us again. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So if you want to email me, because I know sometimes people like direct contact, email address is lovekingslive. That's L-O-V-E-K-I-N-G-S-L-I-V-E at gmail.com. Uh, so that's the best way to contact me via email. Uh, social media, you, you can follow the Love Kings at the Love Kings on Instagram and at Your Love Kings on Facebook. Sorry about the difference in the handles, but the handle wasn't available on Facebook. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the easiest way. Uh, so I, I really have enjoyed this time, Kelly, and I so appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do this. Oh, well, thank you for being on the show. I do want to remind our listeners um, that there is a new episode of Cubicles in Christ on the first and third Monday of every month. So be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher so that you can check out the latest and greatest. Also, I love hearing from you and I know Crystal loves hearing from her listeners and followers as well. If you have a question for me that you want me to talk about, share, you want my opinion about a particular topic, feel free to send it to me. Just go to cubiclesinchrist.com. There is a button that will give you access to email me your question and I can potentially respond to it on a future episode. So feel free to reach out to me. I love hearing from you. We are about to close out in prayer in just a moment. Crystal, is there any um, last comments you want to share? Absolutely. I, I just had one closing thought and it's about fulfillment, which is what I'm reading about right now. Mm. And so this can be applied to any area of your life, but the quote is this, and it's from our beloved Oprah. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, I love her. Everybody has a calling. Your real job in life is to figure out why you are here and to get about the business of doing it. Yes. It spoke to my soul, and I hope it speaks to the soul of your listeners. Thank you. Yes, I am sure that it will. I love a good Oprah quote. Uh, she's got some great ones. Thank you for sharing that. I'll be, I'm going to post on that one too. So let's close out in prayer. Gracious Father, thank you for this opportunity to really talk about your love. It is so infinite. Our human brains can't even fathom how much you love us. You sacrificed your only son so that we can have have abundant life. And so for that today, we give you glory and honor. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to love you first to love you with all of our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our souls, and also help us to love others as we love our own selves, just as you have commanded us to do in your scripture. But Father, we recognize that we are human and we are fallen and we don't get it right a lot. And so we're asking for your help today. Lord, I pray that you bless every single person. May they walk in your love, in your peace, and in your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for joining this episode of Cubicles in Christ. Be sure to visit BeWellMySoul.com for fresh biblical inspiration and practical ideas to thrive in life. May you grow in peace, love, and soul prosperity.